Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, we thank you so much that you care about us. We thank you because you love us. We thank you that you are real and know that we cannot see you as sometimes we would like to. We can see the effects of your goodness. We can read your word and see your people and know that you are there. Father, we do pray for Jen, my sister-in-law, that you would touch her body, that you would heal her, that you would help the family and continue to provide for them. We lift up Heather Eros and Bethany and Joe Wood and Robert Graham and those struggling within her own local congregation for their health. But Father, we also pray for the doctors and nurses and surgeons and uh, others that just come in contact that they might see your goodness in our lives and that they might come to know you for our family members, for our co-workers, for our community, that they might know that Living Hope Wesleyan Church is for them because you are and you love us. So may we love one another in wisdom and truth. Let us worship you. We thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen, amen simply means let it be done. Um, we're excited that uh, in person, we're going to be able to present a uh, certificate for Believer's Baptism. What is Believer's Baptism? Well, it was uh, a little while ago. It was in June that uh, we had an outdoor picnic up in Moscow, Vermont. And uh, this is overflowing with thankfulness, a verse I keep coming back to from Colossians that we uh, talked about a couple weeks ago. But uh, there was somebody there, Jennifer Grace Jacques, and she was uh, so excited to be there. And then there was water. And she said, you know, I was baptized as a child. I was dedicated to the Lord. But man, I want to make that decision for myself, a believer's baptism, that now that I've made that decision to follow Jesus, I want to be baptized. And uh, we're going to present her with a certificate today. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And so this, I thought my pictures didn't come up. And so maybe you're going to have to wait, but there are pictures of uh, Jennifer being baptized. And so we are excited to present her with that certificate. And I'll have to adjust that for uh, later today. But uh, so congratulations. It was awesome to um, to baptize you and for you to share your testimony with your daughter and saying that you were baptized when you were a child, but you wanted to do it for yourself, for the public to know. And so what a great time that was on the 27th of June. And so Believer's Baptism, uh, we could still get a couple in. Uh, it's still kind of chilly, but not too bad. So if you're interested in being baptized, just, just let us know. As we continue this morning, we look at Colossians 2. This is Colossians 2, 9, where it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He's the head over every power and authority. And in all in in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and every authority. And we talked about this last week about the importance of knowing who God is, who Jesus is, what he did for us. And as Paul wrote this from prison to a congregation that he had never met, 
he wrote this primarily because Gnosticism was at work, that they would take something that they liked about the gospel, the good news of who Jesus was, of what Jesus did, of what was available to them, but also to us. But they would mix it, what they thought made more sense, what they thought was appropriate, how they made it culturally relevant to their time. And what they did was they said the knowledge about Jesus was more important than the humanity of Jesus. They said the knowledge about Jesus was more important than the the uh, reality of Jesus. So they separated the humanity of Jesus with the spiritual deity. They just thought if you knew, if you aspired, if your mind had thoughts about this good news, this concept of Jesus, then that was good enough. The personal application of everyday life, the fact that Jesus was a real man that walked on earth, Jesus was a real person that did things that could only be described as miracles, the fact that Jesus was falsely accused and put on trial, that he was brutally beaten, that he was uh, killed and buried, and that his remains had never been found— that didn't matter as much to uh, this church, to these individuals, as the fact of, oh, I have a knowledge, I have a wisdom about a concept of this man, Jesus, of this Messiah that came. It was so interesting how they kind of separated who Jesus really was to who God is. And Jesus is the representation of God, the invisible God. Jesus is how we should live, how we should communicate with others, how we should serve others, how we should find solitude and get away with Daddy, Father God. Abba, Father. This is what we have been shown through the example of Jesus, and they were trying to pull away from that concept of everyday life practicality of the humanity of Jesus and just put him so uh, theoretically or proverbially or even practically, they thought if we put him on a pedestal of the spiritual understanding and knowledge, that was good enough. But God came that we might know him and his fullness through his son Jesus who walked on earth and had desires like us, who got hungry like us, who felt pain like us, we cannot separate because that takes away of the deity of who Jesus is. And as we look at Colossians 2.11, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, by putting off the body of the flesh. It was a physical thing that took place. It was not just supernatural. It was not just in the mind or the thought, but it was something that took place in physical form. It was the physical representation of a spiritual decision. It came together. It was not just the spiritually minded uh, are no earthly good, but it's because we are spiritually minded. We can make a difference here on earth. We can love one another. We can be the hands and feet that show empathy, that care for and love our enemies, as Jesus said, not just seeking the affirmation of people that think like us, that feel like us, that want to be in our group, but those that are just lost, those that do not like what we like, and they don't think they, they're lost. They think we're deceived. They think that we're messed up. So as we show them that we care for each other and that we care for them, they might know through the physical representation of our spiritual decision that Jesus is who we love and Jesus is who we serve. As we continue in verse 12, it says, for you were buried with Christ, buried with Christ when you were baptized. Interesting, isn't it? How we talk about 
baptism and then this scripture pops up buried with christ when you were baptized buried with christ well buried simply means that you uh, have experienced loss that there has been sorrow that there's a sacrifice and surrender and if i um i went too far loss sacrifice and surrender when we're buried with him we choose to put down our agenda our wants our dreams and we profess we proclaim that god knows best so we are going to follow him we are going to lay down what we want and we're going to walk obediently to jesus i read a book uh listened to a book on the way to district conference a few weeks ago a couple weeks ago and it talked about understanding god's will and knowing god's will sometimes we press in so hard to know god's will but maybe uh, god's will is just being a righteous person being a good person that lives righteously what is righteous righteously means it means following the example of Jesus. We live like Jesus. He lived rightly. We can live righteously. And maybe when we're just trying to follow God's will, we're trying to know God's will. So there's an old story that it was told about a gentleman that passed away. And this gentleman that passed away was uh, very old, but he never left his childhood home. He lived at home with his parents until his parents passed away. And then he just kept living there. And all he did was just stay there. And he was praying for God's will. He was praying for God's direction. He was wanting to know what God wanted him to do. But just when he thought that he knew what he was supposed to do, he just felt like, no, I need a sign. He would lay out a fleece. He wanted something to happen where God told him what to do. And so when he passed away, he was interviewed, his friends were interviewed, and they said, he was so talented. You could tell that there was something different about him. He just seemed, whenever we could see him through the window of his house, he had this smile. He had this glow like he was a changed person that we wanted to know where his hope came from, where he was, uh, why he was so filled with joy. But he passed away and we'll, we'll never know. And well, that's a fake story that was told to represent a true and accurate point that as Christians, sometimes people can see through the windows the joy, the difference that God's made in our lives, but we are so consumed with making a mistake that we forget to leave that house so that we could share God's love with others. Are we so concerned that we do not experience that sacrifice of, I need to know exactly what God wants me to do, to, I just need to live righteously before Him? And then the second part of verse 12, where it says we were raised to new life because you trusted. We have a new identity. We are a new creation. We are an ambassador of Jesus. We're no longer the lowest common denominator. You don't have to be canceled because of something you've done in the past, but know that you've been forgiven. So you don't have to return to that way of behavior. You don't have to be that person that they always talked about, but you are a new creation, that you are forgiven, that it's been wiped clean and made new. And we have to go and we go after Jesus. Jesus in that way because we've been raised with him having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead God raised Jesus from the dead we are hopeful 
We don't have to walk around so solemn. We are hopeful because in Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you as you abide in Christ, as he's the vine and we are the branches, as it says in John, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies because because of his spirit who lives in you he will give life this is from the uh in an um, english standard version and then we go on from there and this is from uh ephesians 1 19 through 20 and in his un- incomparable uh great power for us who believe that power is the same as a mighty strength he exerted when he raised christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms this is <laughs> the salvation this is the hope this is the power that we have as followers of jesus that we have that same power because we follow jesus because we are hidden with him in god the same power that god exerted when he raised christ from the dead that is the same power that we live in because we are obedient to whatever god wants to do and god wanted to raise his son from the dead and now we get to share in his goodness in his joy in his faithfulness and we get to share that with others colossians 2 verse 13 when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh god made you alive with christ he forgave us all our sins god made you alive sometimes We feel depressed. We feel like we can't get out of bed. We do not feel alive, though our heart is beating. We are not engaged with what is taking place. And God is saying that he forgave us all of our sins so we can look to him, the author and perfecter of our faith, and just believe that he has a plan for us. And so it's about being with God, not doing for God as we can continually reminded through the emotionally healthy discipleship it's not what you do for god it's being with god it's the starting point is that i need to do these things so god can love me i need to do these things and act this way so god can bless me or is it wow i just receive god's forgiveness i just bask i just wait i just uh find comfort and peace in who he is in being with him whatever situation throughout the day because i've chosen to make him savior it is sacred space it's a sacred place i can be playing a sport i can be doing a chore i can be running the lawnmower whatever it is we can find time to say thank you, Jesus, in the middle of whatever we're doing to commune with Jesus. Be with him. That's much greater than doing for. Simply be with, acknowledge, recognize, and embrace that he's in us and we are in him so we can embrace him and be with him whatever the circumstance is. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive. You are alive as a follower of Jesus. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge, our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, canceled the charge 
in some uh, versions, translations, it talks about the regulations. The regulations in the Greek, it also means the decree. It means what uh, evidence there is against you. And if you're not a Christian, there is plenty of evidence against you. And if you are a Christian, there was plenty of evidence against you that said it doesn't matter how good you are unless you are found hidden with Christ in God, unless you surrender your life, you sacrifice your desires to say, Jesus, forgive me take over. I choose to follow you. There is much to prove that we are guilty. A decree, the evidence, the witnesses have confessed against us what is truth and what would uh, put us away. But he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross nailing it to the cross. He's taken away our shame, our guilt. We don't have to look back and say, oh, I hope they never find out. Or what if they do? They're going to excommunicate me from the church. Or if they know that I did this, that's a bad. All we have to say is Jesus has forgiven us. And we can walk and live righteously in that forgiveness. We don't deny that it happened. We say, I am a sinful person. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life have consumed me. But because of God's grace and his love, in his mercy, his forgiveness, I am redeemed. I am a new creation. I am filled with great hope and peace because that is no longer who I am. God has covered that through the blood and sacrifice of his son, Jesus. So I join his sacrifice to follow him. He has canceled the charge. And this is when you could say, amen. This is when it'd be appropriate to type in the chat, in the comments, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be done. May we no longer walk in our past, but in the forgiveness that God's given to each of us. This is what God has done in Colossians 2.15. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. He disarmed the powers. When your accuser comes at you, when they point out your flaws, when they point out your sin, when they point out what Jesus has covered by his sacrifice, the sins that we are apt to commit, the things that we are easily distracted, the sin that so easily entangles, and the foolish things that we give in to, God disarms the accuser. So we don't have to walk, we don't have to talk, but we can just walk faithfully before him. He disarms the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. He shamed them. He said, what you wanted to do to bring evil, look what I have done through the sacrifice of my son, through the willingness that he paid on the cross and how he was buried, he died, and he was resurrected that we might have life. Now you look in shame. And God made a public spectacle of those accusers. And God does the same because we can live in triumph. We can live in victory. We can know that he is for us. We can live not out of obligation, but out of sincerity of thankfulness, overflowing with thankfulness for what he has done. It's certainly true to whom much is forgiven, much is loved. It's certainly true that as you look to see what God's forgiven you from, and not comparing to, well, I'm not as bad as that person, or they're worse than me. We can look and say, well, thank you, Jesus. We live in triumph. Be convicted by your own convictions. 
be convicted by your own convictions because we do need to align ourselves with what the gospel, the good news says, not just in our minds, not just in our thought, not just what we think should happen, but by the convictions of what scripture says, of how Jesus lived. Let's not separate the humanity of Jesus like the Gnostics did with the reality of the spiritual uh, reality of Jesus. Don't, don't separate the humanity of Jesus with the spiritual reality of Jesus. Jesus is calling us to repentance. Jesus is saying that there is a way that we can turn back to him. Jesus is saying that as you grow, this is a good thing to happen. And this is why we celebrate. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, as we confess, he's faithful. He's already forgiven us, so we can just say, thank you, Jesus, for making me new. And this is where we celebrate Benjamin Allen Mugford, who was born on June 22nd of this year. And at nine o'clock in person, we are going to dedicate him and pray for Josh and Leah and the family. And as a congregation, we're going to come around them. Just quickly, what is dedication? Dedication is saying the family and the church agree that they will do everything possible to raise, to nurture, to help, to pray for, to intercede, to uh, come alongside Benjamin Allen Mugford, that he would know the truth of Jesus. It's not us making the decision for Benjamin that we baptize him and he's a Christian. So, But we just say that we want to display, reveal, give the hope of who Jesus is. As Benjamin grows, he reaches that point where the conviction of his heart, he says, I want to make Jesus the savior of my life. As we prayed and dedicated our lives to doing the same for Laura and for Andrew. And now it's Benjamin that we come alongside and we say that we love you and we're going to pray for you and we're going to live our lives differently so that he might know that Jesus is real. And so Benjamin Allen Mugford at nine o'clock, we're going to dedicate him. But for those just watching online, joining online, we're going to pray for them right now. So Jesus, we thank you for Benjamin. We thank you for his life. We thank you for the purpose that you have for him. We pray that you would protect him. We pray that you would heal and help him throughout the years. We just pray, God, that you would just bring other Christians into his lives, into his life, that he would just know your truth, that he would respond to your conviction and that he would follow you, that he would lead others to you. And as we prayed for Laura and Andrew, we just thank you, God, for Benjamin. We just lift up Josh and Leah and thank you for them and their example. Continue to provide and help and do what you do best. Just lead the way for them. And God, as a local church, as fellow Christians, May we be reminded often to pray for this family and especially for Benjamin today that he would grow and serve you and lead many to you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.